grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, get drunk, do drugs and reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with people and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, comedian Sean Donnelly. Hello there. How are you? Thanks for having me. What's up, man? I'm good, dude. How are you? Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you that you're now the ex-drinking buddy. Yeah. Because I've been going hard lately, and I think I should become... <laughs> An ex-drinking buddy. I think I think this is more of a sign. Is this a way intervention this, for me? <laughs> Kevin and Ray were like, hey, man, you got to get Sean on. You gotta, he's got to talk to you about some stuff. Um, plug everything up front. Let everybody know where they can find you. This will come out in 10 days. Any shows you have coming up? I know you've got the serious show. Yes, I have a serious radio show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. called Celebrate, where we celebrate one thing a week because things are kind of shitty right now. Yeah. So we celebrate. Also, I have a podcast, very funny podcast called Brand New Jerks with one of your former guests, uh, super funny comedian Ray Zawadney. It's a podcast for recovering people pleasers. We're trying to, the goal of the podcast is we're trying to be more assertive. Yes. Then we fuck around and it's actually really fun. Uh, and then besides that, I also, you can check me out on social media. It's at Shawnee Time. That's S E A N Y T I M E on Instagram and Twitter. Beautiful. Yeah. So you are uh, obviously really well known in the comedy community. You've got the shows and everything, but for for the people listening, I kind of wanted to talk about like you, how you got into stand up and everything like that, because that's what we do a lot on the show. Is it's a lot of stand up and then it's a lot of booze and drugs. Absolutely. Well, you know, I get asked this question a good amount, yeah. and I think there's two ways. It's almost a like choose your own adventure. <laughs> Do you want the romantic one or do you want the – and the romantic one is kind of uh, lackluster. Do you want the real actual – The real one, okay. yeah. The ro- okay, there's a romantic aspect to it. I always loved stand-up. My earliest thing was listening to George Carlin records with my dad. Okay. I was obsessed uh, with all the Opie and Anthony comics from back in the, the, the late 90s, and like Patrice and, 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 and Norton and all those guys. Yeah. So I always wanted to get into it. Never had the balls to do it. Didn't start till I was 28. But the real reason I got into it is because I just started – running shows because I wanted to be around it. Oh, okay. But didn't actually have the guts to do it, right? Yeah. So Joe DeVito, I don't know if you know who Joe DeVito yeah. is, amazing, super underrated, uh, writes for Gutfeld now, amazing stand-up comedian who I've known for years and years. Uh, I ran a show with him at a place called Jack Dempsey's on 33rd Street. Okay. And I, this is how much I wanted to be around comedy. I used to bark and not go up. And what? <laughs> I used to hand out flyers for the show and then just be like, okay, I'll just watch the show. You just wanted show. people at the show. I just wanted people at the show and I wanted to like be around comedy, yeah. right? So uh, to his credit, Joe knew I wanted to do it. And one day he goes, you know, there is an open mic around the corner from here. Uh, this same night we were doing the show at this place called Maui Taco, which was on Fifth Avenue. I think it's gone now. Uh, and he goes, you should go check it out. If you think you want to go up, you should go up, right? So I uh, one day I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I go around and I walk, walk into this like you know neon lights or whatever you would call that you know the uh the overhead uh, yeah. you know, office lights a bright bright taco place like like almost like a fast food chain that didn't have any other locations you know <laughs> 
I know exactly the vibe. Smelled kind of gross for a taco place. I go to the, they have a giant basement. I go down and it's, uh, there's a V, uh, like a ceramic VW bus coming out of the wall. Uh, the comics are standing on like two milk crates with a blanket over it. Uh, there's like, it's not a great, it's almost like a Fisher Price setup for the microphone. Oh my God. The people watching are other standups, which is normal for a mic and people like full on eating their tacos, like not even bothered listening to what's going on. And, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is so bad. I could go, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not even that hard. Oh my, and I was watching it, and I'm like, and it's open micers, and you're supposed to be bad at that point. Yeah. So I'm watching people bomb after bomb after bomb, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I could be this bad. Yeah. I found my people. Like, I'm so insecure at that point. I'm like, oh, I found my tribe here, the bad kind. Con- yeah. So I was like, I'm going to try it. So about a week later, I go, I have. So uh, you didn't even go up at that point. You just no, went and checked it I out. I went and checked it out. And okay. then went back and handed out flyers and yeah. did not go up. And then I, went uh, the next uh, the following week I think and I had about a uh, I don't know shot of uh, tequila and two Coronas just to be on, on just, brand yeah. with the Maui taco and I went up and it, and I always say this I think it a lot of the time there's so much there's so much effort and so much adrenaline and so much like just mind preparation before you go up for your first time it usually goes pretty well yeah have all there's so much I've energy. had a lot of comics on and almost Almost exclusively their first time, whether they invite a lot of friends or it's just because they've been working on the material for so long, and, and they've got it down. And there's such an excitement and such like a, a, I don't know what, like you can't really recapture that. It's it's one of those life experiences that you it, that changes you forever, meaning that you, okay, once you do it once – that's that's that 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 uh that thing you've gone over that like you'll never it'll you'll never be the same. Yeah, it'll never be like you'll that again. Never be the same. It's almost like a, a, a quasi virginity in a way. It, it's a <laughs> lot like that because and I talk to people because I've had people on where they say they like doing stand up because they like attention and they, they it was the easiest way to get it. Then I have people like myself who like I idolize like Lenny Bruce and I study comedy and I love comedy and it it's one of the it is the biggest thing in my life. So it's like that's why I do it. And it's so weird because whether you're like me or you're like people who just do it because it's fun, like karaoke, they're like, yeah, it's a good time. doesn't matter what part of the spectrum you're on. Everyone says the same thing. They're like, yeah, I went up and it just happened and it was over and I was like, fucking, that was crazy. Yes, because you, no matter what you tell somebody before they go up, they're not believing. Like the, I try to make people feel better and I say, you got to try it once because – in the grand scheme of things, that first set you'll always remember it, but it will be one set in 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 the mix of thousands. Yeah. So, but they and if you keep going, you mm-hmm. might go up and go, I hate this. I have to get out of it. Right. So nobody will ever believe you until they're up there doing it and they get off and they're like, Holy shit, I did it. You yeah. know, it's that kind of thing. So I agree. And also, a lot of the time. You realize very early on, like I started because I always loved it as well, like you did, but also because I was like, I'm always funny with my friends, I'm funny at home, whatever it is, but then you realize pretty soon into it, it's a way different. It's thing. way different because yeah. I, it's, I love that you say that because I, at my night job where I, I serve, I wait tables and stuff. And it's funny because I do a lot of training. And whenever a new person comes in and they train with me, they see kind of how intense I am. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the course of either the shift or the next couple of weeks, someone will be like, Oh, Brennan, when's your next show? And they go, and like the new person will go, Show, what do you mean? Are you a musician? I go, No, I do stand up. And they go, you do stand up? It's like, yeah, it's a different fucking muscle. It's different. I've had that said to me. They're like, you don't seem that funny. And I'm like, yeah, because I've been doing stand up for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't need to be the goofy guy doing impressions at work. Nobody I get my fix yes. going to shows. You're not the always on guy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Once yeah. you do it, because I started, like I was telling you before we started recording, I started in 09. So it's gotten to the point now where it's like, yeah, I've got 
the, the part of my brain that's always writing and I'm always like, oh, that'll be a good bit because I tell stories. So it's like, oh, that'll be a good bit. Get that tag there. But I'm no longer the person at work or when I was in school in class being like, hey. Yeah, right. Exactly. The class clown. Yeah, exactly. But I think the public and there's been so much fourth wall broken down in comedy in the past like what, seven years. Yeah. Podcasting crashing and, that, and yeah. podcasting and people just know so much inside baseball. Maisel now stuff. everyone's like, oh, that's how it works. I'm like, yeah, but to this day, you'll have people who come to shows who don't realize. Hey, I, I like the people who think they can do it. Where they go, uh, oh, I'm really funny at my job, or I'm, or they'll bring up stories, and or or you'll you ever have a show where the person in the audience, though I've had this where they're people, they're friends from work, and the you'll see a group of like girls or guy, a whole mix of people from that job, and the one guy not laughing is the guy who's probably funny at work. Yeah, the exactly. one guy who's like, this is my thing. Yeah. What are you guys doing? I do this. Yeah, it's also interesting because. Uh, there's always the people in the – not always, but a lot of times there's people in the audience, uh, to your point of not understanding, where they go, oh, I'm going to be a part of the show. Yes. And they'll and they'll like they'll, – it's one thing like if a comedian's doing crowd work because they know where to take it. They know exactly what they're doing. But sometimes people think it's like open-ended. Like you'll ask the audience like, hey, anybody ever you know work in the service industry? Because I have a lot of jokes about that. So I'd gauge the room because if everyone – no one in there's worked in a restaurant, I'm not going to do the material. But it's half rhetorical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost – yeah. It's it's like I just need a yes or a no and I know where we're going. Um, but then you'll have people who are like, oh, I'm the funny guy at work. This comic is opening up the door for interaction. Let me talk to him. And that – I cannot stand. See, I'll, I have a kind of differing opinion, and I'll tell you what it okay. is. If I, if I can. So basically, if I, may, if, if I may, may, if I may. Now, I think the one question, the uh, oh, I work in the service industry, and that, that opening half rhetorical, then you go into the bits. That is clear cut. That's yeah. clear cut. I will do crowd work if you go past a certain point in crowd work. I'm the type where I don't if there's if somebody else shouts something out. I, I'll give them a little tiny bit of leeway because I'm like, well, you're seeing me talk to this person a lot. So I get if you think that's part of it. Yeah. Also, where we're at business wise, if people put so crowd work, the, the idea of crowd work, when I first started, it was, and for me, I'm better at crowd work than I am at writing jokes. I'm okay. I'm, I have good ones, bad ones, great ones. See, I'm, the, I'm so bad at crowd work. Okay. But here's the thing. Crowd work to me, what it used to be was like crowd work is to fill time. I'm like part of my laziness. Laziness is based off why I'm so great at crowd work. Now, uh, the thing about it is, is that the the attitude towards crowd work has changed over. It used to be like, no, jokes are king, and you work on the jokes, and then crowd work comes. It's it's a learnable skill, which yeah. is also joke writing is as well. But if you look at the way that the business has changed in the past five years, with everything being DIY and the amount of crowd work clips there are on Instagram, Sorry. and you are a random audience member that's never gone to a comedy show before, and you're flipping through and you see somebody who's doing that, who's doing that amount of crowd work and all their clips, crowd work, crowd work, crowd work, and you go to their show, you have a reasonable expectation that you should be allowed to shout shit out. Of that's that true, show. absolutely, and, and, I didn't and think it's about wrong. That. It's not right. It's yeah. wrong, but. It's the comic's fault for not. Because we flood the market with like mar- destroy heckler or this person exactly. shouts out this, and then the people go to the show and they go, "Hey, I want to be a part of a clip." You and- had the one really good one with the kid. Oh God, that was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that. Was like right. 
end of COVID, like the free, whatever it was. It was, it was a like, rooftop show, wasn't it? Or a, an no, out, outdoor it was show? An outdoor restaurant show. Okay. Like, uh, 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 Baby Brassa. Okay. With my friend, do you know Amanda Gale? No. Oh, Amanda and um, L Orlando used to I run know a show. L, yeah. uh, used to run a show at, at Baby Brassa, and they had it in the tent outside. Uh, uh, um, like this, like makeshift kind of area, and I was up there, and it's going like okay. I get, I don't even remember. I think it was like whatever. And this kid, you know those kids that are like ten, but they're like selling candy. To, yeah, like, I don't know, to, like support their family or something. <laughs> like yeah. it's like, uh, uh, can we just admit those are all scams? Like, yeah, this like, is a bad this idea. Is my basketball team. It's like there's no team. Let's, let's no. be honest. Just be. I'd rather you just be honest. Hey, yeah. this is for my family's rent. Yeah, I'd be wanna more pay, inclined have to have AC. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or have AC. So. I'm up there and this kid just in the middle there's a whole audience it's enough of a comedy setup this kid just brazenly just walks up to the front gotta respect it and tries to sell me the can I'm like are you kidding me and so I start kind of having like a not a, it's not a, it wasn't a real meltdown but I was like this is where my career is at I'm getting heckled by <laughs> I'm getting heckled by a kid selling candy so <laughs> and the kid had like an eight ball bomber jacket on like he was in a 90s movie like he's Richard Grieco <laughs> The best part, too, was like, and like to the point of what we're talking about, it was hilarious. So you cut it up and you put it up. And I, it's like, this is this is hilarious. And what's crazy is I didn't know that clip existed. That was a while after it happened that I put it out. And Elle was like, hey, I got that that clip of that kid. Oh, really? That. She's like, I got part of your set if you want it. And I was like, oh, wow. And I looked at it. I'm like, I, I got to put this. Absolutely. Up. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's. It's been a lot of fun moving to New York. The one thing I have noticed is the the weird transition going from the southeast, where I was like featuring and headlining some, and like you know doing the thing. It's a you eat shit when you. Then you come to New York, and I'm like, hey guys, I've got an hour, I've got the podcast, and they go, the open mics are that way, and you're like, no, 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 I've been doing this for like a decade. They go, yeah, the open mics are that way, and I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that I know a lot of people. I've heard, I have, I have stories about people who have like, I've been on the road, and they're like, I'm moving to New York, and I was like. Hey man, you should consider Chicago first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's also it's interesting because I have friends that are very like powerful, like boom, boom, like kind of comics. I go, hey, when are you guys gonna come up to New York? And they go, we're not. Yeah. Like I pay all of my bills touring the southeast and around the country and doing festivals. Why? Why? In God's name, when I go start over in the biggest comedy community in the world. And it's like, yeah, good point. It good just point. depends on what you want. If you're yeah. content to do a road the rest of your life, that's great. New York, it still has that New York thing to it, but I can you can same way with those heck those heckler videos or the or the crowd videos, you can make the argument that you can get as ahead being on having the online having a huge online presence and being somewhere else. i saw that during the pandemic there yeah. are a couple of people i knew uh florida comedians who started doing stuff on like tiktok and instagram and then blew up and yep. now they live in la and when they got there because they had you know 100 200 300 followers they there was no open mic back of the line for them because the clubs see that and they're like oh this person can draw come on in yeah. and, and it's like oh so you can do that too. It shows you how how crummy the business is because yeah. it's basically the bar business with with a show. That's yeah, like, that's what it is. So they're going. You're putting butts in seats. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll have you can do whatever you want. You can do two hours. Yeah, yeah. They don't care. And it's also, it's not every club. No, it's not every not venue, but it's a lot of them. And you kind of get it, but you don't at the same time. And it's interesting because when I got here, I remember talking to a friend of the show, and we were talking about him earlier, Matt Folsheron, and I was like, Hey, man, like. Uh, like, I want to sit down with some managers and stuff. And like, I really think I could take my career to the next level. And he, cause he's been in the business a long time. Yes. He told me something, which was the best advice ever. He goes, listen, man, when you sit down with them, remember in their eyes, it's a business. 
Yeah. Like they don't care about your love of comedy. They don't yep. care about your studying of Lenny Bruce and George Carlin and like saying something, but also making it funny, but also making people think he's like, they really don't give a shit about any no, of that. They don't. It's about what are your podcast numbers? How much money can you bring for us? Where do you fit in? Like, so we can, and I was like, uh, yeah, that was like a cold real, cause I've been doing comedy for over a decade and that was the first time where I was like, Oh, it's not about the jokes for everybody. Not even close. It's not, not even close. I think that we, I think you have two parts of this. You have show business and then you have live stand up, which is like the street fight part of this business. Yeah. And the street cred part of the business. So you have comics, comics know what comics like. Comics know they talk shit to each other and they know what comics, comics like and who, you know, but, but at the end of the day, comics, they are kind of compromising for show business. Yeah. Well, you know, and they, we say it all the time. Uh, when you're at an open mic and you're trying to make the comics laugh, it's like they don't buy tickets, man. Like, and people get stuck in that. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I do it all that. the time. Where I'm yeah. like, oh, this is super dark. Like, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get the room. And then you try to do it on a real show, and the whole room goes silent. And you yeah. go, oh yeah, these aren't broken toys. These are well-adjusted people. Totally. And there's not there's something to be said for it. That's your sense of humor. That's dark humor that you can't come over that obstacle. Because like, I've seen so many people that were like killing mics because they were dark, and then be able to sell their dark jokes to yeah. a regular audience, which mm-hmm. I love actually. It's yeah. so hard to do, but. I've also seen open mic killers go up at regular hot shows and eat it. Yeah, like it's, it happened. Oh, sure. Oh, that makes me so nervous. It's for it's, that. it's 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 one of those things. It's it's a matter of you need a, the the right mix of self delusion and self uh, self awareness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's the idea where I'm 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 the greatest piece of shit in the world. It's like that. that yeah, that's exa- and that's most. exactly yeah. what it is because I it's weird because I tell my girlfriend all the time I'm like, well, the comedy's not going to fire me. Like there is no there is no end. Well, this. that's that Bargetti bit. <laughs> he did it a while ago because he goes, there's no boss when I walk into Cosby's yeah. office and go, I'm out. But that's it was an old joke. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the truth. So it's like, I'm going to keep doing the podcast. Like, I'm going to keep doing the shows. I'll keep doing open mics if that's, you know, and getting booked as much as I can. Like, I'm just going to keep doing it because I can still pay my bills, you know, working a couple days a week at the restaurant. So it's like, I'm just going to keep going. So that's like the delusional part where it's like, eventually it's going to hit. But then there are times where I come off stage and I'm like, you're not funny. Like you're the biggest piece of shit in the world. So it's like that weird mix of like, but also, I'm going to do this forever. And then it's like, you should quit and move back home. Everybody has. It. Yeah. I, everybody has. It. It's a crazy. It's so but, funny. But also the way it is now is like, I do. And it's, it sucks because the way I came up was like the, you don't want to be the old curmudgeon who's like, in my day. Yeah. Uh, but the way you, you want to be adaptable. And I think the way the business is now, I think live standup is taken in, in, if you're, if you're doing a hierarchy in show business, it's taken a backseat to social media mm-hmm. because I think pandemic was a huge part of it. Yeah. I think comics, they did, you could rest on the laurels of like, yeah, you might be dancing and have a million followers, but I still have that saving grace. I still have that, that, uh, prestige of I go up and I, I make in a live audience and I make, uh, I'm in the room. I can do it in the room. I can do it in the room. And then that didn't exist for two years. Yeah. (laughs) And then every comic was like, I want to survive. And they were like, I'll just do what you do. And (laughs) I'll do the dancing. (laughs) I'll do the dancing. And that, hasn't shaken out yet it's it's look at the podcast look at the videos look at what what we talked about so i think that now what it is is like put it this way i did the tonight show in january right never every time i would do a late night spot the the late night spot was the thing i got told by multiple times by people after i did it oh great now you cut it up and you put it on your instagram I'm like, shouldn't that not even be? Like, like it's on national television. It, 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 I yeah, did it. Right. It's just, it's just non-existent. I've time. had, I've had comics tell me that about um, not only late night sets, but like, like actual spots, like on Comedy Central and stuff. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> now put it. Now on put this. it on social, and they're like, no, 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 you, you put it on the network. That's that was the thing. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
it's, it, don't get me wrong. It's like it's a good thing to promote. It's a good thing to talk to your friends. You have people within the scene think that hey, you're getting stuff. You got that Comedy Central thing. You got a late night. But overall, you somebody could be at a at a mic that's killer and do one bit that makes them forty five million views. Yeah, and they're doing way better than you are. Well, and that's, that's the other why thing. it's kind of not a little bit of nonsense. Because I do like yeah. the, I like the gatekeeper me- model when it comes to those kind of examples. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's another thing too, um, where. Sometimes people are so eager to get stuff online, to get the content, you put the bit up before it's ready. Mm-hmm. Or you're putting just interstitials that make no sense. Yeah. Or that only would have made sense in the room. Yeah, like, exactly. And you're like, no. Or you're putting up a bit that, like I said, it's not ready. So it's like you'll you'll put it up on your uh, your uh, professional page and you'll like dump $1,000 into getting it like pushed in front of people to, so they view it and it's a sponsored ad. But it's like a 45-second clip. And it's like, that's a 12-second joke, man. Like, you could have done the work, whittled it down, and then bang, bang, bang. But you were like, no, it was was a good crowd. They got a lot of laughs, so I'm just going to put it up. Nobody's watching 45 seconds. I know that from this show. Yeah. If the clip's under 20 seconds, people will watch it. If it's over 20, just that 19 to 21 seconds, it's fucked. Yeah. It's insane. They just... I, I literally have ADD. I took Ritalin as a kid. And I feel like everybody is just kind of caught up to where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's finally like, yeah, 15 seconds. Here we go. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I, my mind by ADD is probably worse now than it ever was, but I think that's what's happening. That's why it kind of sucks because there's different, different art forms. Like, like the late, like I said before, like the late, the five minute late night set is this thing that became like a perfected art form over time. Uh, uh, that like uh, now is kind of it, it's still a thing obviously yeah. but it's not crafted the way it was it's not it, it like we were saying all it matters for is the clips it, you can take you can take it piecemeal instead of taking it as one cohesive thing now nobody's working for the way honestly when I, I started in the city because I'm from Long Island right? okay and I ran the problem you ran into is you got here and you're like I'm used to headline I'm used to feature on the country and they're like here's the open mic mine was guys seeing knowing me really early on bad. And then probably after you get good, they go, oh, I, I'm not booking that guy. He's, I know. Him, I, I yeah. saw him at a thing. Anyway, um, but I remember when guys like Norman and, and all of us, List and 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 all, all and Soder, you, I, I don't know about them, but my mindset was you get that five in the city. It doesn't work for future on the road in the city back in 2006, the olden times. <laughs> you would get that five minutes that murders, and you would kind of because all your spots would be seven minutes at these bar shows or yeah. seven minutes at these guest spots on clubs, whatever it was. So if you had five minutes that murdered, you would can make a name for yourself in the city, and then you would, and then as you're doing it more and more, you would grow from there, and then you have ten, then you have fifteen, and then and then you get yourself a late night set, and then you get yourself a half hour on Comedy Central, and then you get yourself an hour, or you move to LA and start acting. It was like a weird like there was kind of a path yeah there was an outline of kind of how to do it and it's funny you bring that up because even you said 2006 but this happened just a few because we had Caitlin Plufo on and she talked about like doing open mics then hosting the open mic then doing bar shows then hosting bar show and like slowly building and building Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden now she's passed all over the city right but it started from like okay I just need to get this five minutes at this open mic I just need to hammer this down and then the more she was killing there she started to move up and then all of a sudden now she's you know at the cellar, the stage, she's everywhere. Right. And so it, it's so you can still take that path. The only thing now is like it's so But it, that path that path would that path would have gotten her more ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it got me more ten years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. And it's it's 
So you said you grew up in Long Island. Is that where you're originally from? Yeah, I I, I was born in Staten Island, but I was shout I out was, gang gang. <laughs> but I was I grew up most of my life on like the border of like like right where you get to Long Island, like by Floral Park, by like oh, okay. Garden City, New Hyde Park area. So when did you when you said you didn't start stand up till you were 28, but you've always loved it? When, was that just something you said listening to Carlin albums and stuff with your dad as a kid? Was that just something? I mean, growing up in the city, the, to me, it blows my mind because I, what I know from comedy is when I was 12, I would record on VHS like Mitch Hedberg and Tom Rhodes and all that the kind half of stuff. Hours comedy Central too, Presents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick Swartzen's half hour is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. The, Dane, Dane's Gaffigan, uh, original yeah. half hour was the reason I started doing comedy. Yeah, it's fantastic. When he rips his shirt off yeah. and stuff, I'm like, because I would watch Mitch, and I've said this a million times, but I would watch Mitch and Tom and them, and I'd be like, this is hilarious. But I can't do that. Like, that's not my style. And then when Dane rips his shirt off and dumps water on him, I'm like, oh, I could do that. Like, that's, that looks like fun. And, and then, but like to grow up in New York and just be around, like, you could walk down the street and fucking see Carlin or anybody you wanted to. So was that a big part of your childhood or? Well, uh, no, because you didn't, you didn't. (laughs) So, So like, no, I wouldn't. Uh, stand up, I would like, uh, you know, when you're a kid, I would, you would go in the city, even being where I was a handful of times when I was a kid, then I was older. So you're not, but you're also, the first comedy show I went to, I think, was at like Boston Comedy Club um, okay. uh, in the village. I remember the stories and about I, that. And I saw, and I was wearing like a, a rugby, like a green and white striped rugby shirt, and I had like one of those old man like Irish caps on. I think I might have had a beard at the time. Just really playing into the Donnelly. Yeah, and... Patrice O'Neill, everybody was trying to make fun of me. They they did. They kind of made fun of me. And then Patrice O'Neill went for five minutes straight, just went head to toe and just destroyed me. You did it? And I loved every yeah. second of it. Yeah, exactly. That's so, what he was known for. And because yeah. I know Burr talks about it now to this day, is like you can't brilliant. You can't do some of that stuff anymore because comics get so like, ugh. And yeah. you're like, because I I the first time I met Burr in the city, um, a friend of mine, he was hanging out with a friend of mine who knew him, and then my friend left, and I showed up late. So my introduction was gone. Yeah. So I'm just standing at the bar now, like looking at Verzi <laughs> talking to Bill. And I was like, should I go say hi? Like my friend was just here, but I just missed him. So I'm standing there. And then he said something and laughed or he said something and I laughed. And then Bert turns to me and he goes, are you going to join our conversation or just stand there like a fucking creep? <laughs> and to me, I was like, that's the best interaction I could have ever asked for. But I'll tell other comics that, like younger comics, and they're like, well, that's rude. And I go, no, that's Bill. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Those are pretty funny. Yeah. It's also endearing, and it's actually a friendlier way. There's a lot of comics that I just would have ignored you the whole time. Exactly. And it's a, yeah, that's because he's a, because that guy, I don't know him very well. I know him, I don't know him at all, to be honest. I know him very little. And, but as from what I, from what I know, what you see is that's him. That's, that's exactly that's what him. you get. Yes. And so it was Which such- is very hard, which you don't see all the time. No, at all. And it's I mean, Patrice used to say, they can't cancel me because I am who they thought I was. Like they he was always himself. Well, I don't even know well I don't even think cancel was out when he was well, alive. Well, yeah, but I know but what you yeah, mean. Like, yeah, they can't yeah. shut me down. Well yeah. also he was known for being from what I hear, I heard the story about the office that they wanted him. He was on the office, yeah, as a yeah. warehouse guy, and they wanted him back. He just didn't show. He just like, didn't, he just yeah. Didn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, and I've, I, because I know Bill will sometimes on the Monday morning podcast will play like clips from years ago, like a decade ago. He mm-hmm. does that on Thursday. And one of them was 
literally a whole interview with when he, Norton, and Patrice were all on Opie and Anthony. And it's like a two-hour clip. Just yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't come up with that. So I'm listening to it for the first time like, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you should go down a rabbit hole on YouTube. I got – I have Opie to. Opie and Anthony clips. Because it's, it's just like pe- people are calling in and stuff and Patrice is like, listen, bitch. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you ever see – he shuts down some lady on like Channel 9 News or something. So you, uh, they go back and forth and he just just rings her out. And, yeah. And, and he's right. Like whatever he's saying is absolutely right. But no, those clips were fantastic. I got I to gotta go back and watch some of them. But it's oh, just... I used to skip. I used to go to Nassau Community College. I'm going to brag. Shout out. <laughs> and uh, I used to skip classes just to finish listening to the show. Oh, or, really? Or the segment or whatever it was. Yeah. And those guys were always the ones on. Yeah, because yeah. they're the best. And I know Norton. Um, Great guy. Yeah, he's a regular at my uh, uh, girlfriend's restaurant. I won't mention where, but he's a regular there. So it's so funny because when we were in Florida, she would always text me when like big comics would come. Because we lived in Jacksonville. We worked at one of the best restaurants in Jacksonville. So all the <sighs> Rough people. place, Jacksonville. <laughs> all, but all the people playing the Florida theater would stay at the hotel across the street. And our restaurant was in the bottom of that hotel. Yeah. So like Rogan, Gabriel Iglesias, Kevin Hart, like they all ate in our restaurant because that was the only good restaurant around. Yeah. So she would always text me. And now that we live in New York. She texts me, but I'm like, yeah, this is this, this is where we live. This is a sense. normal thing. Yeah, but she's still excited. Yeah, yeah, and she she said the same thing. She's like, he's so sweet. I was like, yeah, he's, he's kind of like really good dude. I'm like, he's kind of raunchy on stage. It's kind of what he's known for. She goes, oh no, he's so polite, so sweet, very like, nice. Guy. Oh, cool. he's also I I open up from every once in a while, and it could not be a better guy. And then, but even years ago, when I was when Open Anthony was a thing, I had a film production class, and we were supposed to make a document or some kind of film. Yeah, and I contact. I wanted to make a movie about comedy and i contacted him and he wrote me back and he was like yeah just let me know I'll oh that's see that's he awesome he was so cool and then now i know him from the cellar and opened up for him and stuff and he couldn't also he's a guy he's a guy who that's also him that's a lot of those guys are like that yeah like, and you don't get that with a lot of a lot of la guys not to be a dick but you don't you don't get that a lot of newer comics you don't get that like those guys are who they are who they are bobby well, kelly all those guys that's another problem that i have is because i'm very authentic and so when i like talk to people i'll be like hey this like let's do this so there's so many times where I'll be on a show with somebody, even like super new comics, like a couple of years, like they're doing bar shows and stuff. And I'll be on a show with them. I'll be like, hey, do you want to do the podcast? And they're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I'll like send them a message or something. And they're like, big time me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm, and it, it, yeah. it has happened quite a few times. But I was like, just say no in the room. Like, no, don't be a fucking baby and just say no. Yeah. I but know. it doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, my God. nobody, And that comes out of 18 different things. And I yeah. get it in a way because that comes out of insecurity, but also thinking they're bigger time than they are or, <laughs> yeah. or not just trying to be human and be like, hey, I'm, I'm just too busy. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Just say no. Yeah. Just be like, no, nah, I don't want it's not it's not on brand. Because like there are certain comics that I've reached out to that I used to perform with and now they're much bigger and I've reached out and they've literally been like because we're friends on a level and they're like listen man like I, I, I have a team now like I can't it's like it's not gonna work and I'm just like okay no problem yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. it's kind of douchey way to put it but yeah kind of, fuck that yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a really like, douchey way to put it but thanks also, for saying no it's also a bullshit reason like you can do, you could do whatever you wanted yeah like that's the thing that that's I hate <laughs> they can do what are they, is your team gonna stop them from doing your po- it's like shut the fuck up yeah. it's, it's one of these things sorry I'm cursing no, so fuck it. Um, Let it fly. But but absolutely, people have. It's. 
I think the egos egos are very fragile, obviously, and people have to get over themselves a little bit and realize when something will help somebody's show. And uh, if, if, if you have it, and that's your time, that especially that you can kind of give back a little bit. But yeah. I think people, I think that people get people are thinking about their own their own things, yeah. which I get in a way as yeah, well. Totally, hundred so, yeah. percent understand. But still, it's like stop being silly, be a human, do your friends. Just say, yeah, just say yes or no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I want to. So you said you went to. Uh, well, let's let's talk about it. So you're an Irish guy. You, you like to you like to drink and have a good time. Yeah, too much. <laughs> I'm actually. We said it before. I said to you. I go. I said X drinking. I probably should stop. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't think I'm at a problem point. Maybe problem, but not alcoholic point. Yeah. Not where it's like the actual full on, but it's definitely on the spectrum. When is it? <laughs> Like it's it's like the Aspergers of alcoholism. It's just it's it's there, you know. <laughs> I gotta write that down. When did you start? When did you start drinking? Oh, I, I, that's another thing I didn't start. So I in high school I, I skateboarded in high school. And did of, you really? Yeah, yeah. When I, You're uh, the fourth comic I've had on that started skateboarding. Yes, I, I, there is. Why? Who? No, I know Norman. Norman. Well, I haven't had Norman on, but I know Norman did it. Fulshron, a very funny comic. Fulshron uh, looks like he skated. Alex uh, Nicholas um, out of Jersey. Um, he's a very funny comic. He started skateboarding, and now you. Yeah, I. Yeah, in high school, for all of high school, only about the first. I'll say first one or two years of college, I was still kind of skateboarding. But yeah, big part of my life, my a lot of friends from that time. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't start drinking till like, <laughs> this sounds like it's early, but like senior year of high school. But most Me too. Drank. I was the same way. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. And I'm a full blown alcoholic and I didn't start drinking until my senior year of high school because I had, I was so like, it was weird because I was like, I saw what alcohol did to people around me and I was like, oh, I'm never going to touch that. Like that's, that's poison. And then the second I got like really drunk, I was like, all my anxiety went away and my depression. <laughs> I was like, what is this magical elixir? <laughs> feels so good when it hits my lips. I just, <laughs> I just rewatched old school. Yeah. Yeah. They just came out on Netflix. And it's funny. During that scene, my girlfriend goes to make fun of me and she looks up when he's doing the, I don't know. It's a nice Saturday. Maybe yeah. the Home Depot. She goes, that's so you. Cause she's only seen me in sobriety. She goes, that is so you. And then literally immediately after he drinks, he goes, once it hits your lips, it's so good. And I go, that's also me. Like, you have to understand that's also me. <laughs> you don't know me. that part of yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fill yeah. it up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I just went from there. And then uh, I've yeah, been drinking ever since, like, college. Eight, but I didn't even – like, even in college, I went to Manhattan College at first, hung out with my skateboarder friends. We didn't drink that much. And then – when I got out of there, when I was back, when back in Long Island, I was starting, 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 and like drinking's just kind of part, been part of my life since then. I guess. Okay, and so I'm 44 like, now, so that's a while. Like 21, 22. Uh, yeah, when around that really yeah. went, really, really started picking up. Yeah. So when did you? What were you doing? Because you said you started at Manhattan College, and then you went to uh, what was the other school you mentioned? Nassau Community okay. College. But yeah. what what happened? In between, were you like switching majors or did you just not like the school or? No, I went to Manhattan College and I, I was, I was, I didn't like, I guess I didn't like it. I was an 18 year old idiot. Yeah. And I went to my parents and I didn't do that well the first year. And I went to my parents and I was like, I don't like it. They're like, all right, well, you're not doing great and we're not going to pay. They, my parents weren't wealthy. So they were like, yeah, okay, come home. You're going yeah. to Nassau. That's one, the one saving grace I have is I don't have student debt because I That's went to awesome. Nassau, then I went to Hunter and that was like affordable enough where I don't have student debt. But, 
uh, yeah, my parents were like, what are you, dumb? Like, like, yeah, come home. Well, I'm not paying for it. And I was like, oh, I thought I'd just be able to go back and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> so when so, you went to, did you go to, you had mentioned a film class earlier. Did you go to Hunter for Film? or? I went to Hunter for Film. Uh, but no, the film class was at Nassau Community College. Oh, okay. And the professor, his claim to fame was that he was a cameraman on Happy Days. Oh, really? And he was miserable. <laughs> he was, I had this like Raleigh Fingers mustache, really like, really uptight kind of guy. Guy, uh, and it was really, really a gruff, just not, just not a good, not a good dude. Yeah. Like really angry, every class yelling and angry the whole time. But that's when I was going to do the, the the movie about comedy. But I, we switched up because we had, we ended up joining groups or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then you go to Hunter, and now once you're at Hunter, are you like? Are you partying all the time? No, because I'm working at the same time. I'm, I am partying, but it's not in the way of a college way. Okay. Uh, I what was work already, were you doing? I was working at this place called the Albert Ellis Institute, which is around the corner from Hunter. This guy passed away. This guy invented this thing called Rationally Motive Behavioral Therapy, and I ran his bookstore, and I sent books to people. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I would go to classes in the afternoon or okay. towards night. And uh, it, the guy was a character. He was like 90-something when he died. Old, another guy, old, old guy, who he wouldn't talk to unless you were like his like compatriot, like unless you were like in his business. Yeah. So I would just do these things where I would just try to make small talk with him, and he just you start wouldn't have it. <laughs> I would just play a game because I used to have to take him to like the airport and to the train station. He's like famous. Like if you take a psychology class in college, he's like in the book. You know that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I didn't know that because I didn't take any psychology. But people have told me, "Holy shit, you worked for Albert Ellis." But I'm like, yeah. I used to. He was old, and I used to just take him to the airport sometimes, just because he was so old. And I play a game. How many questions will it take until he asks for his book or his newspaper? <laughs> really? Yeah. So I'd be like, what do you think of this weather? I would just ask like yeah, random, random. <laughs> Just benign and random questions. Give me my book. My book. My book. <laughs> so that's, that was our relationship. One time I fixed a doorstop. I replaced a doorstop. I'm not mecla- mechanically inclined at all. And I was so proud of myself. Do you know one of those boing yeah, doorstops? Yeah. I fixed one and I, I put a new one on and he's walking by. It was in his office. And I go, look, Dr. Ellis, I just put the new doorstop on. And he goes, you're a genius. And I just <laughs> You're a genius. Just cutting. Just cut down my spine. You're a genius. So he was that kind of – he was like your Woody Allen, your psychology version of like Woody Allen. Yeah. That kind of guy. So then you were working there and then going to Hunter and then when you graduated – because you – this is what I find super interesting is there's a gap of four or five years before you start doing comedy after you finish school. Yeah. So what were you doing? Were you – I worked at – okay. So I worked at – a printing place on Long Island. I worked construction with my friend's dad's company. I worked, uh, I think when I was 21, I know when I turned 21, I was working at Blockbuster. Uh, I worked as a, when I was 20, right before comedy, I worked as a doorman on the Upper East Side for okay. two years. I uh, got fired from there. I have an old joke that I still do about it where I got fired for leaving the door open. Like I just, <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Well, what really happened was the air, it was because of the air conditioning and the yeah. guy, this random guy came down and complained and he goes, why is the door open and the air conditioning's on? And I thought, I'm like, I didn't know. I thought, I thought he was just a visitor and I was like, I don't know, the breeze. I just like made up some, any freaks and it turned out it was the guy. Uh, who owned like the family, like the the patriarch of the family who owned the building? Oh, and he was like, I'm gonna, 
he goes, I'm going to talk to your boss tomorrow. You're, you're done. And I was like, I was like, my stomach dropped. And You've been there for two years and you got fired over that? Something like that. Like a year and a half at this point, right? So then, but then what happens is he talks to my boss's boss. My boss is like, that's, you got to go. And I'm like, all right. And then my friends found out and told the, the residents and the residents liked me so much. That's what wrote, I was going to say. They wrote a letter and got me the job back. And then these guys were so embarrassed. They waited three months and then he called me and he goes, it's not working out. I go, is this because you're embarrassed? And he kind of just like stared at me and I was like, all right, I got it. <laughs> but it's kind of in a way uh it's kind of a, it's kind of a blessing because i didn't start i wouldn't have done stand up i yeah. would not i was like when i was in that job i was like this is my job i was like planning on having a day gig uh or, or working around at a second job cuz a lot of those guys do two jobs yeah. cuz the doorman job it's you're not wrong it's like not that much so you guys would do two jobs so i was like this is what i do i might build up to be a handyman one day or or a super or whatever it is, or a building manager whatever yeah. it is but that's i was planning on just doing that wow and uh i got fired from there and it was a blessing and then i i forget where i worked for probably some random job and then at 28 my friend got me a job at her uh, insurance company doing facilities and i did that and that was the job i started when i did comedy and it was a no responsibility job i could leave at five go do out mics go do spots uh i was uh, moved, ended up moving to brooklyn uh continue continue continued got bought out from that job because they were closing down went to another facilities job at this place called jwt this advertising agency got fired from there in six months because the lady hated me yeah and also i'm just like I'm so lazy but like and then then started doing comedy uh but it was kind of another blessing because she my days freed uh, got freed up i was able to make more appointments and i got a uh a, a few months later i got letterman and then it went from there boom yeah and then when did you when did you really start like leaning into like the the kind of like having a good time like drinking and partying and stuff i was doing it all throughout this oh you were okay <laughs> well because i asked because you said you didn't really start drinking until high school and then it wasn't even that big in college and it then was more I, I mean like i wasn't doing like the, uh, the college age stuff wasn't like college experiences yeah. but i was going out boozing with my friends and in, in brooklyn and queens and wherever i okay lived so as time. you as you got older it just oh kinda... i just was part of my weekends yeah exactly. me I, I was married me and my ex-wife when we first met we would we would booze on the weekends and whatever it is yeah so i was always drinking this entire this entire time <laughs> this whole time <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why I'm not farther along in life. <laughs> well, I, the only reason I really bring it up is because Kevin kind of did the same thing. Uh, he did the old uh, like bait and switch. We were like talking about just random stories and stuff, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I started. I've been drinking this like <laughs> through all these stories. I've been drinking this whole time." Oh yeah, like it was just it was just functionally part of my life. Yeah, like I when I moved in. So a lot of it started when to, to do a time frame when I moved into Brooklyn, Williamsburg, and when I was 28. And then with a couple of buddies of mine, all of our friends would come into that area, and like we had. That's when all the crazy stuff. That's when all the crazy. That's my yeah. most drinking I was doing. Yeah, was as opposed to well, right now is a little too much, but uh, for my especially for my age. But the um, the drinking was going on then was like the debauchery, okay. crazy drinking. Like there, that's when all a lot of the stories I have are like come out of like. Like they're like fight stories because like you know what I'm saying like drunken fight stories. Yeah. Would they be with you and your friends or you against other people or us against other people? Okay. So like I'll give you an example. Uh, New Year's Eve, one of the craziest nights of my life was we. I think we got into two different fights in the night. It was me and the the story I'm thinking of. We're at this place called Harefield Road, amazing bar in in Williamsburg, really fun bar. But I'm everybody's like it's be everybody's one of those nights where they like everybody's blacked out. Everybody's just gone loaded and there's no rhyme or reason going on whatsoever yeah and been a part of a lot of i'm things. drinking i'm having a good time i turn around and i see <laughs> 
I see this giant off the boat Irish dude, like cement worker, with my friend Ken in a, in a headlock. Oh, you just football. turn around. And I see turn it? around. And that's what I see. That's what that's what my drunken mind see. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm so loaded. Beer muscles activate. And this guy's. I'm not kidding. This guy's probably six three, giant guy. I'm five eight. I'm a freaking mess. I walk up to the guy and I just punch him in the back of the head. <laughs> this guy lets go, almost like Thanos, just lets go of my friend, and then literally, I'm not joking, takes me by the neck, picks me up, and presses me against the wall, and starts closing in. Were you freaking out? I was, I couldn't breathe. I could not, I could not breathe. And he's not even saying anything. It's like, it was like, just, mar- yeah. it's like a fucking Marvel movie. He's just co- collapsing his, his fingers on my neck, and I'm like, like flailing, like I'm yeah, Iron you're Man. dying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they pull him off me and then he kind of tries to go at me again and they pull him again and they kick him outside and he turns out it's this off the boat Irish maniac and he's I can immediately sobered up obviously yeah. I, you know, a near a near death experience will do that to you yeah it'll wake you up yeah so he is outside and pacing back and forth like a lion. Just waiting. Like the ghost in the darkness, just outside. <laughs> right? Remember that movie, Ghost in the Darkness? And I'm, I all of a sudden just become like <laughs> a complete nerd. I'm like, I'm sitting there going, should I go apologize? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I'll never forget this. The bartender looks at me and goes, do not go outside. You do not, do not leave this bar. He goes, don't worry, he'll go away. Also, he causes problems all the time. He gets kicked out. Don't worry about it. So he paces for a while. People like in between me and him. And and then finally, he just goes off into the into the darkness. And you never saw him again. Never saw him again. God, I wonder if he's still out there. He, I'm sure he is. Who knows? But he was. All I remember he was gigantic. The ironic part of the whole story was, you remember how I turned around and he had my friend in a headlock. Yeah. The reason he had my friend in a headlock is because my drunken, stupid friend Ken just walked up to this Irish behemoth and just slapped him in the face. Oh my God! So and that's so I'm the asshole where it's like I'm the asshole who's he had him in a headlock for a good reason for and then a very you're like, good. Let reason. him go. <laughs> He'll go, with my friend. <laughs> So there was like there was it was just a lot of that was like there that a lot of thing a lot of fuel for all these fights was like I, I don't fight people yeah but I when I, I was, was gonna drunk, ask are in you in my twenties and drunk I would it was never me start well I I always thought it was for a good reason yeah you never started him you finished him yeah like and I'll I'll give you a silly I remember there was a silly drunk it was really quick I I yeah, take you ever do this you ever been so drunk where yes. Uh, physics don't matter. <laughs> Where like I was at, early on. This is an early one. I was probably in my early twenties, and I'm at this place called BK Sweeney's, and somebody I was sitting on somebody's jacket by accident, and I was so loaded. They come over and they just went did that thing where they grabbed their jacket under you. Yeah. But they I was so loaded they just pulled me back with it, and I just fell just, back with with the jacket. And I just remember looking up at the person, and they didn't try to help me out or anything. They just, they just walked, walked away. away. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. That's twenty years ago, but. <laughs> That we had, I had tons I had tons of moments where it was like these fights that me and my friends would get to around that time because there was just so much drinking going on, uh, and I I would it was just a lot of Irish rage. I was going to say, out, is that something you know, that you just get amped up when you? Because my thing is beer muscles, yeah. Irish, yeah, just you know. Whatever. Towards the end of my alcoholism, I would I actually preferred to drink alone. And so I would just drink at home by myself, right? Okay. Just do shots which by is, myself, which is supposed to be one of the red flags. About yeah, it, well, right, and right. it's also. People say that, but it's also incredibly responsible. I don't spend as nearly as much money. I'm not driving around. I'm safe in my own home. The thrifty drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> $26 and like 87 cents would give me a handle of Smirnoff and a pack of cigarettes. Uh, 
<laughs> but before then, in my 20s, like when I played college football, I wouldn't drink. Like I, my alcoholism wasn't even close. Like I would, we would drink like once or twice a week, but we would drink a lot. And we would a lot of times like people because I played college football in the Florida in the South. So people would come up and like be like the frat guys would be like, well, let's just fuck up. Let's try to fuck up the football players. And it always turned into like a big. Really? Yeah. Because oh, it's like you guys are out of your mind. Like we're division one athletes. Like we're going to kill all yeah, of you. Who goes because a bunch of football players? Well, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I would get into fights like that. But I never like then like in my mid 20s to like mid 30s, I never I was never a fight guy. Like I would go out, even if I'd go out with friends, I'd be like, "Come on, guys! Like, let's let's just yeah. go drink our drinks." That's what should happen. Yeah, but you guys were like, "Nah, fuck this." Well, no, we weren't ever looking for it, but it's just all these scenarios that just ended up that ended up happening. I'll I love you, you said we weren't looking for it, but Ken walked up to the guy and, and slapped him right in the face. because <laughs> he was, but he's a nice guy. He just yeah, you just loaded. Yeah, I, I, who knows what his who's in his brain? <laughs> I didn't like the way he looked at me. <laughs> so anyway, I'll tell you another one that's kind of crazy. So I have another friend of mine who's like from Ireland, moved here when he was 12, absolute maniac, good guy, but maniac and not a big dude, not this, he's, he's a fairly uh, tiny guy and he would always get into all sorts of mischief <laughs> when we were that age and yeah. and one time we go to uh, this bar and I, I, I think we were at a bar before it, so I already had a couple of drinks. And we go to this bar. I think it was like near like Times Square area, but maybe like a little bit farther east or whatever. I forget which bar. Anyway, it was packed. We're there. Unbeknownst to me, because I'm hanging out or I went to the bathroom, what was going on, or I was talking and trying to talk to a girl or something like that. He tried to talk to some girl at the bar and got rejected. And okay. she like full on uh, – she just full on like just blew him off like and he was like very, embarrassed him. very very upset about it and we are about to leave uh, we're, we're walking towards the door and he goes do me a favor I'm like drunk I had no idea this happened he goes do me a favor he goes stand by the door and hold it with your foot open and pretend like you're looking for me in the bar or looking for somebody in the bar and I was like why he's like just do it just do it come on just do it <laughs> So I go, all right. So I prop my foot and I'm like fake acting, looking in the bar. And apparently he goes over and he just takes a full beer and just pours it over this girl's head. And just, this is how this kid was. And just books it out of, I just see him run by. He just runs by me, does not even look at me. Yeah. Sprints. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know he did that. I just knew something happened. Because it was like he was in the bar. I just let the door go and walk away. (laughs) Like Kaiser Soze at the end of movie references on your pocket yeah but i just walk away like (laughs) i I don't know this guy i don't know nothing right so i get to around the corner like i'm making a right i go around the corner i don't know where these two dudes just like come up you go whoa whoa they stop me whoa whoa, buddy where are you going and i'm like he's like he's like like who's your friend and i'm like what friend what are you talking about the guy you're with the guy in the bar that you're with he goes you just poured a you just poured a whole pint of beer on my girlfriend's head and i was like i don't know what you're talking what guy are you talking about the guy we saw you talking to him. What, what 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 was who is he i'm like i don't know i just met that guy tonight i don't know so one guy he goes well, he goes one guy is asking me questions the other guy's on his phone and this is like the time of like t9 text okay he's feverishly texting he's yeah. going sucks for you buddy your friend left you here sucks for you there's two guys out of nowhere two Two more guys come out of the bar. I don't know where two two more guys come behind me. It was like out of a fucking movie. Are you serious? Two more guys come behind me, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's just like, sucks for you. I don't know what the fuck. And they're just getting closer and closer in my face. <laughs> and he goes, we saw you with the guy. And I go, I go, I just met him tonight, man. I don't know what you're doing. And more and more guys come over. I would say 
realistic, there's probably like I would think there was like eight or nine. That's guys. a lot of guys. A lot of guys. And they were like, it was like it was this weird moment where I was like, I'm gonna get uh, killed. And they're just kind of staring at me, and I'm like quietly standing there, like I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I'm like I gotta go, and they're like nah nah nah, and they're putting me off. Out of nowhere, I kind of in my peripheral see a yellow taxi pull up next to the group of guys, and it's my my friend. My friend is in the taxi, and he's texting me like he's like, "Get in the taxi, get in the taxi." Yeah, he's like, he's going like this. But you're not looking at your phone. I'm, I'm I kind of see him doing okay. it. I feel the buzzing of my phone in my pocket, so I see him texting. I see him going like this. I can like kind of see it in the car, but I'm like, the minute that I would turn and go in this taxi, they would just stop. They would just stand in front of the taxi. So I was like, no, no, no. So I'm like, what am, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, it's like it, temperatures are rising. I'm freaking the hell out. I'm like, all right, there's only one thing I can do. And I just full on freak the fuck out. I just full on go, I don't know what to tell you, man. I go, I don't know the guy. I go, did I pour the beer on your girlfriend's head? No. He goes, what do you want from me, man? What do you want from me? I go, I didn't do shit. You're going to beat me up because something some random guy did? What the fuck's your, I just lose my mind. Yeah. I go into like berserk mode because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But not like a tough way, more like a like a, just an a like a, way. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you're fed up, but it works. They go, whoa, whoa, no, we're just saying, man, it's messed up that he did that. He like, shouldn't have poured beer in her head. And they're freaking. He goes, I know, it's really messed up. I'm sorry it happened. Good luck. And I just walk. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend picks me up around the corner, and I get we get out. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> because I've done it. I've done it where I've I've freaked out, but like in a tough guy way. And it, that never, it just makes everyone else get more amped up. A hundred percent. That's ex- like, that's the thing. The energy I had was not, I'm going to, I don't think, that's, I was talking about this with my friend the other day on the podcast. I go, uh, <laughs> I go, I don't have, I'm not, I don't, I, I've never been mugged, but I think it's because, not because I look tough, because I don't look worth the hassle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, and also doing that, bugging out, having a little meltdown. They're, they're going, oh, this is way more of a problem. Not that it's like we're intimidated by this dude. This it's is going to, yeah. This is going to cause way more of a this problem. This is a guy who's going to like go to the police and like fill out reports. Or just and- give us enough problems where it's more of a hassle than it's worth. And, yeah. Like, yeah. And also, I think they were like trying to be tough and they weren't. And they were yeah. trying to like, you know, it's like they, they realized like, oh shit, yeah, we can't just beat up this random dude. We're that just going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've, so I've been in that situation where I've tried to catch the people that are trying to act tough but aren't and I've actually caught the tough people if that makes sense so like one time I was leaving a bar with my twin sister and some of her friends and this guy was like catcalling her and I've tried to tell the story on stage but it's a little intense Yeah. but I was like standing between my sister and then me and then this guy and I just didn't like him and he's like you know tats all over his you face knew the guy and, or- no 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 oh. we had no idea and he was just like cat. my sister's wasted he's just catcalling her and I'm like alright man like just leave us alone just leave us alone and this is in Florida of course it is he goes <laughs> he goes to get in his car with his buddies and as he's rolling up the window he's like I don't understand man I'm a good guy and I was like yeah whatever man and as he's rolling up the window he goes well fuck you then frosted flake <laughs> and the window rolls up and I turn and I go I can't hear you and I put my head through his car window shattered it were you loaded? Oh, yeah. I was really oh. drunk. And I put my head – so he goes, fuck you, Frosted Flake, as he's rolling up the window. And I turn. I go, I can't hear you. And I put my forehead through the car window. Jeez. Shatters everywhere. His his sister who's driving is like freaking out. She's like, my car, my car, my – are you fucking kidding me? So him and his two buddies get out of the car. Really? And so – See, I, that would throw – that's how I know it's tough. I would be like – Oh, having a great day. Yeah. So, but I try to, I try to go, what we were just talking about, I try to go the other, like, I try to, like, really elevate it. And they're, like, kind of circling me, like, getting ready to fight. And they're like, are you fucking crazy? And I snap. And I go, yeah, I'm fucking crazy. And I started, like, punching myself in the face and doing all this shit. Because now I realize it's three on one. 
Like I'm about yeah. to get the shit kicked out of me. Yeah. So I really have to play this up to get rid of a couple of the to guys. Get, yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. like, yeah, this isn't worth the trouble. But for them, it was worth the trouble. And they kicked the <laughs> shit out. of me. It was so worth the trouble. <laughs> there was no M. Night Shyamalan. No, there was no twist. I, I tackle one of the guys, the main guy who was talking to my sister. I Because I, I played football my whole life. So I knew how to, like, I couldn't really fight, but I knew how to, like, down, tackle. Yeah. So I, like, perfect form tackle, drive him into the ground. And then his buddy started kicking me in the back of the head. And Jesus. I was like, oh, this is over. <laughs> Did they, they mess you up? Like, yeah, well, injuries? luckily, um, a lot of our friends were still in the bar. And one of my buddies was there with his friends who were bouncers at, like, other bars. So, like, it, they're big dudes. So I, like, crawl hands and his army crawl into the bar because I'm like I just have to get inside and then my friends will see what's happening and they'll jump on these guys is that what you did that's exactly what I'm crawling to the bar getting kicked in the side kicked in the back of the head and I get to the bar and I open up the bar and as one of my buddies turns and he goes Tassif! And everyone rushes out and beats the shit out of these guys. Really? They close the door. The bar manager already didn't like me because I was only like 20 at the time, but I had a habit of when I went back to Daytona, I'd get drunk and like break shit as bar. Right. So he, the bar manager already didn't like me. So he slams the door shut, locks it, looks at me and he goes, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> of course. Yeah, what the fuck was wrong with and you? And I snuck out of the back and I... And it was a weird like cops show up and I just hid behind like one of those big green uh, electrical boxes. Yeah. In an alley, I just hid behind it, and it was like GTA. Like after five minutes, the cops stopped searching. I just <laughs> Your went stars home. went down. Yeah, yeah. I just went home. But wow, that was definitely a time where I was like, oh, I'll just amp this all the way up, and they'll leave me alone. And that is not <laughs> wow. How it worked out. I had I the comedy cellar has their. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Comedy Cell has their like holiday party. I just got, this is the closest, this is the most recent fight. It's not even a fight story. But I had, I go to the, the, the Comedy Cellar Christmas party, which is like happened months and months later because they, they do it purposely later. And it was like, I always, I always get too loaded there. And I was like beyond drunk. And I walked out like four in the morning and there was like this dude, a homeless dude or whatever. Uh, there's tons of those guys out there. I didn't, yeah. I usually recognize them over there because I'm always over there. But yeah, I'm the same way because I do a lot of the, the mics. Right. Exactly. There. But, but like this guy I didn't know and he comes up and I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't start a fight with him. I was just like, nah, nah. He's like asking me for money, like getting up my face. I'm like, nah, nah. And I'm kind of pushing him away and he just full on cocks back and just punches me in the face. Really? And hits my jaw and everything. And I, and then I, and my Uber pulled up at that moment. And I'm like, I just get in my Uber and I go. But immediately, my first, I, this is how I know I was drunk. My first thought wasn't, what the fuck? Ow, ow. It was like, you didn't knock me down, right? And like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you didn't knock me down. <laughs> I was like, proud of myself, drunkenly proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he didn't, I go, he hit me hard. He hit me cocked back. And I yeah. was like, ah, I, could, I took his punch. I still got I it. I still got it. <laughs> so when did you, because you, like we were talking about, um, you started at 28 and everything and now you're 44. When, how long did it take for you to like start getting like past it, like the cellar and like all these big clubs? Cellar first hosting, just like you said, you were telling me about Caitlin. Hosting helped me out a lot. I still host the cellar. I stopped for a bit because I needed a break, but the only place I'll host, because I did so much of it in my career. Yeah. It, hosting helps you until it doesn't. You have to have a good mindset towards it because you can get very, very relaxed into that host mindset. So, but what it can do is you can open up a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. And it, it did do that for me. Uh, so the first place I hosted was Stand Up New York. And then 
I had a situation with the seller. The, that was the first club. The first club I worked was comics, but that's gone now. Uh, it used to be on 14th and 9th. And I ran a couple shows downstairs and then worked my way upstairs, hosting, then doing spots. And, and then I did a feature weekend and they shut down like a year, 2011, okay. or whatever. But really great club, great people that ran it. And uh, anyway, so uh, I um, – Went from there, then we started working stand-up New York, and I'd work uh, um, a couple of random clubs. But like, uh, but no, but stand-up New York was like one of the ones I was working the most, and I was hosting there. And Kevin Brennan, you probably know who that is. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he came one time, and I was hosting the show, and uh, he's like, I have to get down to the cellar. Can you do five minutes, five year ten, and then do the other five after I'm done? I'm like, sure. And I went up, and I just it just call, I just had a really good five minutes. I got him right away. And he was like, that was pretty good. Do you want to open for me at Go Bananas? And I was already kind of headlining by that point in the road, but I was like, I grew up watching Kevin. I, yeah. I didn't, I knew him a little bit. We were friendly. And I was like, yeah, totally. And I went there and I also was going hoping like, hey, if I kill it, he might offer to wreck me at the cellar. And yeah. that's, that's what happened. With oh, okay. Awesome. So then once the cellar and then I worked to stand before that for a while and stuff like that. So probably around. I would guess that was all around like 2012, 2011, around there. Because I came up in bar shows yeah. and, and obviously mics, but I came up in mostly bar shows and then ran my own shows and stuff like that. So I didn't go right for the club route right away. I would do like random club spots. One night I see I did a couple bringers when I first started, stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't – the first club I worked was comics and then stand-up New York. And then that's when I got – that's when it started rolling. Okay. When you – when you because you came up in New York, obviously. When you finally got into like the cellar and stand-up New York and stuff, was that like a big – because I asked a it lot of people as that. big – cellar was as big for me as doing Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. That's what – okay. That, yeah, because – Never in a million years did I think I would be – I talk to people all the time and very rarely, but it does happen. I'll have people be like, no, like, you know, I'm funny and I, you know, book stuff. And it like – Now, both – I've had a couple – and I'm like, no, but it's the – like – I can go to any club in New York and I'm fine every to this day. And I've had a lot of people who are paid regulars at the cellar on this show. But to this day, I feel like I'm trying to sit at the cool kids table every time I go into Olive Tree to get dinner or something. I'm always like, I don't belong here. Like, this is for real comics. Like, I don't I don't even want to hang out here. And like, I just leave. It's got that mistake. I had yeah. the same feeling. I only think I went there before I worked there twice. And both times it was somebody who worked there. I met and had wings with them or something. Yeah. I purposely didn't go there because I didn't want to come off like I was trying to push myself on. Well, and that's so... Uh, God rest his soul, Bob Saget. He was doing a show at the Florida Theater. So we ate at the restaurant and a, my girlfriend was working and she goes, oh, me, this is shortly before he passed away because my girlfriend was talking. This is right before we moved to New York. So like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. She goes, oh, my boyfriend and I are moving to New York in about six months. And he goes, oh, really? For what? And she goes, well, my boyfriend does comedy. And he goes, he has to go to the cellar. And that's the first thing he said. He goes, he has to go to the cellar, like be around. That's where comedy lives in New York. Be yeah. around the cellar. So – with that in mind, when we first moved here, I would go to the cellar like every – just to sit at Olive Tree and just be around it. Yeah. And after, like I said, the second or third time, I was like, I don't – Well, you know what it is? Like you I appreciate the advice, but I don't belong here. <laughs> you, What he was saying is you had to work the cellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, 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 but also you just got here. That makes complete sense. I'm talking about – there was a while where a lot of comics – I think it was right when I first got past there. A lot of comics were kind of hanging around and just staring at the comics. It was a very weird vibe of people I think that they – thought if i'm around i think some people have it a store like like the mindset where oh man they might just ask to throw me up 
Like, like meaning, like they're gonna give me, they're gonna give me an audition if I'm just around and yeah. hanging out, and somebody's going, oh, this guy's funny. I know that for a fact because there's a lot of people I hang out with who do bar shows in the open mic scene where I, because I work around the corner from the stand, so I go to the stand a lot. Yeah. Like, after work, I'll go and like hang out with the bartenders or go get something to drink, and I know a lot of the comics there, so I'll go hang out. And there's so many times when there's a produced show where all these people flood out of the woodwork. I literally, I will go because I'm like, I like the pizza and it's around the corner from my work. So I go to eat Yeah, and they'll just flood hoping to get like a guest spot on it. And I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how it works. And don't get me wrong. I, I think it probably has maybe in the it, past. Yeah, I'm sure. I know, I know of a story where there was an impromptu audition that somebody got because they were talking. They were having the seller radio show and somebody was like, oh, I don't work here. I go, And then uh, Noam or somebody was like, well, we never done one, uh, just an impromptu on the radio show audition. And then some th- this comic was like, I'll do it now. And they were like, all right. And they, and they did it. And okay. got passed and, oh, wow. And, yeah. But um, that, then that's, it's once in, uh, in yeah. an eon, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's decades. I, yeah, yeah. I think mostly they're like they want to be the ones who are you know, putting like going going through the proper. Due yeah, you have, and, and yeah. that's what. And it, I think it gets twisted sometimes because sometimes there. I know there are certain comics that see me at like the stand a lot and stuff, and they're just like, oh, he thinks if he just hangs out, they're gonna. And it's like, no, I work around the corner. I like the food, and a lot of my friends are here. Like I have no qualms about. You don't that's why I still hit that. six open mics every day when I'm off because I know that I have to go out and do the work and these right, other things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. I, I think that's like, I think there's a, a wide array of different thought processes on what gets you to this X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I think there's also been a lot of paths that people have, but I think being the being funny path and having comics think you're funny and getting things from that has kind of always stayed somewhat pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty, absolutely, pretty, uh, pretty strong, you know. And if other people, and this is my big thing, is that if other people can see you, especially now that I don't drink anymore, because I used to, and I, I think I've told this before, but I used to. I lived in Oklahoma City for like three months. My cousin and they was have li- a good club there. I've never done it. But- Looney Bin, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my cousin was living up there, and they also have uh, Bricktown, I want to say. But my cousin was living up there. He was doing Teach for America, and he was like, hey, man, I know you started comedy a few years ago in South Florida. If you want to come up here kind of dry out, you can do comedy with us. We do shows all the time. So I go up there to do comedy, and I did not dry out. I was drinking every day. <laughs> so I'd go to open mics, and I was a pretty big guy, like not in shape, but still, I'm 6'1", like 240 pounds at the time. So no one would get me off stage. So I'd go to these mics at these bar shows and literally, Sean, I'm not kidding. I'd do like 12 minutes of like an Arnold impression. <laughs> wasted out of my mind. I'd get up and be like, what do we do? That is football player confidence right Yeah. There. And people are like, <laughs> like they're shining the light, like walking up, shining it in my face. And I'm like, get the light out of here. <laughs> like I'm doing my time. So to go from that to <laughs> now like understanding like, oh, like – that's There's rules yeah. to this. Like yeah. as loosey-goosey as they are, there are still rules. And I think it's really benefited me because I tell people all the time, if I started drinking in New York, like oh, you've been I'd start burning shit down. Yeah, it's a hard and it's hard not to. Like that's also like we were saying before, you're like when did the most of the drinking happen? Open my time kind of did not help because yeah. you're getting paid in drink tickets when you're doing bar shows. You're getting and there's that there was that we used to have a huge there was a huge social aspect to this thing. And don't get me wrong, people still hang out kind of, but not really. Not the same way. I I've mentioned it before. I'm sure I'm not sure if people brought it up. And there used to be a show. My when I first started, and when I was probably like five six years in. The most popular show in the city was called Cabin. It was that Cabin Bar. Okay. It was called CSL, but it was Sean Patton ran it with this guy Chesley and this other guy who stopped running it after like a year. But it was perfect rooms, dive bar, $2 PBRs. 
it wasn't just the show was good. It was like comics. And this was before kind of the scenes were made. There used to be clear cut alt and club comedy. Yeah, we've talked about that. And before. now alt, alt-ish, it's kind of morphed into like one, one yeah. thing in a way. You know, you still have a little bit. But club comedy was kind of getting to the point where it was viewed as a little bit mostly hacky. And then they were allowing in these newer com- – you know, anyway. But this place was like a bar where the show would be great. It was this little intimate room that was separate. And then the bar – hang was like a each week people would just assumed you were going to cabin yeah and people from different groups of of comics like hey i you know, i don't know black comics or or alt or or club or yeah. whatever or whatever it is manhattan comics brooklyn comics yeah everybody yeah, yeah. everybody would just come to this one place and like you'd be like hey, and like to hang out whatever and it was great because you'd pick up a spot after a while if you knew enough people you'd pick up spots you'd do the show have a good set maybe grab another spot like it's like it was that I don't think really exists now, and it's kind of a bummer. I think yeah. online is part of the reason it doesn't. And but but also it's like one of those things where it's like things change. You know, yeah. like, what are you gonna do? You have to also, evolve. also I'm older. I'm a different spot than I was then. I was it was the come up part of it. It was yeah. the thing of like I wasn't I wasn't a professional. I was I was working trying to work up to that point. You know, so but I kind of I wish people had that because it did. It I, you make friends from it. And That's you make one of my com- favorite parts about yeah, it is yeah. the people I've met now. Yeah. The friend, because now I've got these people that where it's like when they're on a show, I'll go to support and then they put me on some of their stuff. And it's like we come up together. Like everyone talks about their class and it's like coming up with all these people. I think that's one of the best parts about the whole thing. I think so, too. But I think that this what I've also realized over time and you kind of touched on it earlier is that it is I very to this day, I probably don't think about it enough that that it is a business. Yeah. And uh, there are people that think of it that way that are also approaching these social hangs as it's a bit I can come to this this is this is us in the break room and then I go and I do the business part I go back to my spreadsheet Fuck that. I, I, I know but it's like you're gonna then you see them and they they have their they have their mind on the prize and, yep. they, and they're and then doing stuff I'm the asshole who's like hey if I have you come hang out for my birthday I'll, I'll be fine like yeah. it's like that kind of thing it'll be fun yeah it'll be fun so I think having that part don't get me wrong Having too much of that, then you become the nerd who everybody's like, Jesus, relax, yeah. just hang out. There's a healthy balance between both. Absolutely. And and I haven't found it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, plug everything one more time. Plug the podcast, the uh, radio show. Absolutely. The podcast is called Brand New Jerks. Uh, you can look find us on TikTok and uh, uh, on YouTube. We, we put up YouTube shorts all the time and, and longer clips. At Shawnee Time on Instagram and, uh, and, and, and Twitter and also at Shawnee Time TikTok on TikTok. I'm still learning ticking that. Because I'm ticking and talking. Uh, I'm still learning that. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, in the fall, have an, uh, a YouTube special coming out. Oh, and sweet. My, it'll be like, uh, maybe 40 minutes. It's gonna be some crowd work and some jokes and it's just one night of me at New York Comedy Club. So, Hell yeah. Uh, stay on the, uh, stay we'll make on sure the, to plug the shit out that. of it yeah, when it comes out. Please do. Um, thank you everybody so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Uh, check out the Patreon and we'll talk to y'all next week. How was that? That was great. Thanks, man. That was fun. Thanks for dude. coming on, yeah, dude. Yeah, you got it, man. That was fun. <laughs>